Welcome to the Games for the Throne podcast, a podcast about the HBO series Game of Thrones. I'm your host, Courtney, aka Mother of Dragons. Welcome to this episode of Games for the Throne. So the wait is finally over. The show is finally here. Season 7 is finally here. And we got to see the premiere episode tonight, um, episode 701, entitled Dragonstone. So here's kind of my instant reaction to this episode. I may or may not record an episode later in the week. It just depends on what I read, hear, see, think. Um, I could do a follow-up episode. So I'm going to go scene by scene um, for this week's episode. And first, um, before the credits even start, before we hear the theme song, we see Walter Frey. Um, and I was kind of like, what the fuck? Is this a flashback? What's going on? And it seems like he's giving um, some kind of banquet for um, a bunch of his men. And then I thought, oh, this must be Arya. She must be using the magic from the House of Black and White to pretend to be Walder Frey. Um, so Walder Frey asks um, or says he's asked his family to gather and have another feast that he knows that they just had one when the Lannisters were there, but he's going to tell them his plans for his great house now that winter has come. And he gives them all wine for a toast. They don't usually drink that wine. He says, well, you know, don't drink this horse piss. I paid for this wine. It's great. Drink that. So, you know, there's got to be something wrong with this wine. So he toasts and the men drink, but uh, Walder does not. He also tells his young wife next to him, he stops her from drinking. He says that he doesn't want to waste wine on a woman. And um, all of the, he says, these are all the men that helped him kill the Starks at the Red Wedding. Uh, they cut down a pregnant woman and a king they swore fealty to, and they killed the king's mother. They slaughtered their guests that they'd invited into their home, but they didn't slaughter all of the Starks, and that was their mistake. All of the men start coughing, they're throwing up blood, and they start falling. And Arya takes off the face, and she looks at the wife, and she tells the wife to tell anybody that she comes across that the North remembers, and that winter came for House Frey, and she walks out. Then we get the lovely credits and the theme song. After the theme song ends, we see... Uh, what looks like either a lot of snow or could be some sand. Um, it's this big storm that's coming. It is snow and there is a rider. It's the Night King and his army is marching right behind him. And they have giants. Um, I don't know if it's any of the giants that fell beyond the wall because obviously the last one that was with John, which was 1-1 or was 1-1 in the books, um, is dead and they burned his body. So they have at least three giants that I could see. Um, then we go to Bran and Mira. They are at the wall. They're at the gate. Dolores Ed comes out to greet them and he wants to know if they're wildlings, but they um, tell him that she is Mira Reed, Helen Reed's daughter, and that this is Ned Stark's son, Brandon Stark. And Dolores Ed asks how he can know that that's true. And Bran says, well, you were at the Fist of the First Men and you were at Hard Home, and you've seen what's coming. The Night's King is coming for all of us. So Ed decides to take them inside and he looks out into the wild. Um, you know, he knows what's coming. He doesn't know how far away it is. And then they close the gate. 
Next, we go to Winterfell, and John and all of um, his lords are in the Great Hall. He tells them that Dragonglass can kill the White Walkers, um, and so he wants them to mine for it. He wants anybody from the age of 10 to 60 that is able to to mine for this dragon class because they must find it um, to help kill the white walkers and um, he says that he wants the women and children to fight as well and um, a couple of his lords um, are you know wondering how he expects their daughters and their wives to fight and john says we're going to need every soldier that we have you're going to want them out there fighting because we need everybody um, because they're not going to care that it's a woman or your daughter they're just going to kill them and add them to their army um liana mormont comes to john's rescue again she stands up and she says that she will be fighting and um she's always helping John out when she sees the men kind of turning against him because you know once a 10 year old little girl stands up and tells all the men that she's brave enough to do it they can't really argue anymore um so I think she has a bit of a crush on John maybe I'm wrong maybe she's just helping him out but it seems like uh that might be the case John says they need men to man the wall that the um the night's watch has needed men for years that you know they don't even occupy half of their castles and their keeps and that's going to be the first defense against the night's king and his um his army so Tormund is going to take some men to east watch by the sea because that is the last stop um before they would get to official westeros um the the white walker army uh, so that's where he's going to go. And then John says that the last hearth and Carhold are the first keeps that would be reached after that. And John wants to protect them. Well, the last hearth is where the Umbers um, live. It's their castle. And Carhold is where the Karstarks lived. And if you remember last season that um, small John Umber and... Um, was it Arnold Karstark? I can't remember. Something like that. Um, the son of the other Lord Karstark. Um, they came and offered to fight for Ramsay, and they did. So the other men want um, don't want to help them. They want to turn their families out because these men were traitors. And John says, "Well, you know, I'm not going to hold their whole families, uh, um, hold what these men did against their whole families because you know, some sons make mistakes, and they've held those castles for years and years and years. They were all, all, they were already always um, coming to our aid. This was the one time that they didn't. And Sansa even speaks up and says, you know, I think you should give those castles um, to." families that were loyal to us and she says this in front of everybody and John's kind of a little you can see there's a little something like don't you know that he's gonna say something about don't you know um talk against him or make or question him in front of others um which I can see why he would say that um because unfortunately she's a woman but even um a king's closest advisors wouldn't necessarily um show that they don't trust him in front of other people or question him in front of other people. You always want to look like you're a united front. So, um, John says it's his final decision that he's going to protect the families. Um, 
and that he's not going to strip them from their homes, that he is going to call upon their heirs. Um, and he calls upon Alice Carstark and, um, I forget what the little boy Umber names is, um, Ned Umber. Um, he calls them and he asks them to swear fealty to the North again. And, um, Sansa argues with him for a minute in front of everyone. We see Peter in the corner. He's kind of smiling. And uh, John says again, you know, I'm not going to punish the child for the father's sins. This is my final decision. Um, so they swear fealty to him and they both do. And uh, he says the North needs to band together. So the other men kind of fall in line after that. Once they leave the Great Hall, as I thought, uh, John tells Sansa not to question his authority in front of other people. And she says, well, you know, Joffrey never listened to anyone either. And he says, well, do you really think that I'm like Joffrey? And she says, no, you're as far from Joffrey as anyone could be. And she says that he's very good at being a leader, but, and he laughs and she says, you know, why are you laughing? And he says, well, father said that nothing ever good, nothing good ever comes after somebody says, but... And she says, but you can't protect me. Nobody can protect me. Um, she says that John needs to be smarter than Ned was or Rob, that they were both smart and they still got, they made some stupid decisions that got them killed. So he asks if being smart means listening to her. And she says, well, would that be so terrible? Um, then they get a letter. It's from Cersei. Cersei wants them to come bend the knee and say that they will be, loyal to her rule. John says, well, the Night King is much more important. He's a much, you know, um, an enemy we should be more worried about. And Sansa says, again, you need to listen to me. I know her. Um, Cersei gets what she wants. If Cersei wants something, she won't stop until she gets it. And John says, well, you almost sound like you admire her. Um, but Sansa says, well, I did learn a great deal from her. Then we cut to the famous map that's being painted that we've seen in the preview, Cersei's map at um, King's Landing. And uh, Jamie comes in. She says that he's been very quiet since he got home. And she thinks he's mad at her. And he says, no, that he isn't. So then she asks if he fears her. And he says, well, should I? Um, she says, well, let's see, Tyrion is Danny's hand now, and they are coming to Westeros, the little brother that killed our son, that killed our father, that you let go, is coming back, and he's helping her. Um, he asked Jamie where, um, he thinks they sh would land, and he says, well, she'll most likely land at Dragonstone. It's close to Casterly Rock, it's the seat of her house. Um, that seems like the, um, the best guess. Cersei tells Jamie that John has been named King in the North with Sansa by his side. And, um, Jamie says, well, we really can't worry about that right now. We need to prepare for winter. The Tyrells had all the food. Um, now they're gone. You know, who do we have by our side as our allies? And, um... Cersei says she's not worried. She doesn't think the Tyrells would stand with the Dothraki. Little does she know. Piss, you know, you're going to kill a woman's family. Lady Tyrell might do just about anything. Um, Jamie says that um, these families might 
you know, fight with Danny and her um, foreign army if they think that she'll win. He tells her that they're in great danger. And she says, whoever wins the Iron Throne can create a dynasty that'll last for a thousand years. And he says, well, what dynasty are we going to have? Uh, what dynasty are we working for? We have no children. And she says, well, then it'll be for us. And he asks her to talk about Tom, and she hasn't talked about Tommen yet. She says there's nothing to say that Tommen betrayed her, so he might as well have been one of their enemies. Um, but they're alive, and their children are dead, and they need they are the last Lannisters who count. He says they need allies, and they don't have any. Walder Frey's dead. Um, they've heard about him being killed, and that she only really has three of the seven kingdoms. And she says, well, you know, I listened to father for 40 years, just like you and Tyrion did, and I learned something. And then we see Euron's ships are heading into King's Landing. She tells Jamie that she invited Euron to King's Landing. Um, and she, he says, well, how are they any better than the Freys? Like the Freys were worthless. They couldn't really do anything. We had to go help them get River Run back because they lost it when we gave it to them the first time. Um, and he doesn't think the Iron Board are much better. Um, she says, well, they have ships and they're really good at killing. And Jamie says, yeah, they're angry, bitter, bitter people who steal what they can't build themselves. And she says, well, Euron has come here to offer me marriage. So then we see Euron. He has gotten a haircut. He's looking a little cleaner. He says that his dear niece and nephew, Theon and Yara, um, stole his ships. They betrayed him. They ran off. He doesn't understand why, uh, because you were going to kill him, asshole. And, uh, so he wants to join with Cersei and fight them, um, because he knows that Tyrion is also helping the Dragon Queen. And so he thinks that they would be good allies together to kill these, um, family betrayers. Jamie says, well, you know, I remember that you guys started a rebellion before and you actually started it. Um, and Euron says, yes, I remember. And I remember seeing you there. And he says, you know, I kept hearing these things about Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer. And I thought it had to be all bullshit. But then you came and I saw you cut down all these men and it was great. And Jamie says, okay, but you're saying it was great that I killed your countrymen. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, the Iron Islands were getting overcrowded. Um, and he says, you know, I'm really glad that you beat us because that forced me into exile. And now I'm the best captain in the Seven Kingdoms. So Cersei says, well, you're not really humble, are you? But then he says, well, you're not very humble either. Um, he says, you know, what would you want with the Iron Islands? You, um, he all, I always wanted to marry the most beautiful woman in the world. So here he is with all of his ships and he's got two good hands. He makes sure to say that in front of Jamie. She declines his proposal because she says he's not trustworthy, that he even murdered his own brother. And he says, well, you know, I understand why you would say that. You don't know me. Um, I'm going to give you proof that I'm trustworthy and of my good intentions, and I'm going to give you a gift and I won't return to King's Landing until I have that gift for you. Then we see Sam at the Citadel and Sam is having to work his way up from the very bottom to become a maester. Um, this includes, he's working in the library, which I'm sure he doesn't mind too much. He's putting away books 
And um, he's also helping to cook and serve this slop they eat for dinner. And then the unfortunate thing is he's having to um, empty bed chambers or bed pots, especially from the um, bed chambers of the really old and sick maesters. Um, yeah, I just don't think I could do that job. I'm, I'm glad that there are people out there that can take care of sick people and old people. And, um, I have a great respect for them because I'm like Sam, I just cannot do it. He spends the whole time dry heaving and throwing up and that's, that's what I would be doing. Um, we see this gated part of the library, which seems to be this restricted part that's locked he kind of goes and looks through the bars at it, but someone comes up to go in, so he backs off. And so you definitely need a key to get in there. And then they even lock themselves in. Um, then we see Jim Broadbent. He's playing an archmaster this season, and um, Sam is learning from him. One of the old maesters has died, and they're doing like some sort of autopsy on him. Um, Sam asks during this time if he can have access to the restricted part of the library because of what he's seen in the north but the archmaster says well you're not a ma maester yet um, he thinks Sam is telling the truth Sam says something about you know nobody here believes me about the white walkers they all think this is just you know stories and it's coming and I really need to find out. That's why I was sent here. I was sent here by John to find out how to beat these um, things. And Jim Broadbent's character, Art, the Archmaster, um, I don't know his name yet, but he says, um, well, I think that you would have given up on the story by now if it weren't true, but you keep talking about it. I do believe you. However, um, the wall has been there for, you know, thousands of years. The White Walkers haven't been back since. Yes, we've had winters since then. And every winter that we've um, experienced, it's come and gone. So the wall will protect us. There's no need to worry. Little does he know. I mean, obviously, the Night King is going to be able to get through that wall somehow. Um... Then he says, you know, maesters are different from other men because we're the history of this kingdom. And um, that's when he kind of goes into saying that the wall has stood through everything and it will always be there. So Stan steals the keys from someone else while they're asleep and he sneaks in and he takes some books. Next we go to uh, Winterfell. Brienne and Pod are training in um, the courtyard. Tormund is like clearly aroused like we don't really see that part but we see in his face uh, he thinks Brienne is awesome he tells Pod that he's a lucky man um, Sansa's watching from up above Littlefinger came up and says he heard that Brienne beat the Hound in single combat um, that she must be a great warrior so she asks what he wants and he says well you know what I want I want you to be happy and safe and she says well I am safe um, he asks why she's not happy though. Brienne comes up then and Sansa excuses Littlefinger. She says, he's about to say something. She says, yeah, forget whatever you're about to say. I'm sure it was something clever and witty. Um, Brienne says, uh, asks why Littlefinger's still there. And she says, well, the Eerie, the, the Knights of Aaron, um, saved us. And so we owe him. 
Um, and Brienne says, well, yeah, he wants something, though. And Sansa says, yeah, I know what he wants. And seems like Brienne kind of caught on what was going on there, maybe. Then we go back to Arya. She's riding through the woods. She hears these boys singing, and it's um, some Lannister soldiers, some really young Lannister soldiers. Um, and Ed Sharan is one of them, who, of course, was singing. Uh, they're really nice. They offer her food. Uh, she tells them she's heading to King's Landing, and I was surprised because I kept waiting for them to become assholes. You know, every time we see soldiers or um, especially lowborn men, they always seem to be want wanting to, if they see a woman, um, you know, raping her or doing something horrible. So it was nice to see that these men were actually nice and not extremely arrogant, especially since they were Lannister soldiers. Um, but they really do. They offer her food. She comes and she sits down there. She sees that they're Lannisters because she sees all of their swords um, laid up against a log. So she kind of plays it cool. And um, she asks why they're in the Riverlands. And they say, oh, well, there's been some um, problems at the twins recently. So we've come to help out with that. And um, one of them talks about how he his wife has had a baby and Arya goes oh well you know is it a boy or a girl and he says well I have no idea because soldiers don't get ravens and she really sees a different side to um the or sees the difference between uh these soldiers and the lords they're fighting for so these may be Lannister soldiers but they're just regular men who are fighting for their families and um fighting to take care of their families um, the boy also says, you know, well, I hope it's a little girl because they stay around and they take care of their old fathers when, um, boys just have to go fight in somebody else's army. Um, so she talks to them about different stories and she hangs out with them and then they ask her why she's going to King's Landing and she says, oh, well, I'm going to kill the queen and it becomes very quiet. And then of course they all think she's joking and they start laughing. The Hound did decide to stay with uh, Lord Beric Dondarrion and Thoros of Mir. They find this house to stay in. It's really cold, and it's the one that he and Arya stayed in, uh, like in season four or five, with the little girl and her father, um, who the Hound robbed. He took the silver that the man had and their food and left them to starve to death. So he kind of tries to steer them away from it, but they're like, look, it's cold. There's nobody there. We don't see a fire going. We're going to spend the night here. Uh, so then the hound proceeds to make fun of Thoros' man bun, um, saying, well, you only have that to cover up your bald spot. I know you're really bald under there. They go inside. They find the dead girl and her father, and Beric wonders how it must have ended for them. It was very clear that they killed themselves um, because they were starving and that the father killed the little girl before she starved to death and then he killed himself. And the hound says, well, it doesn't matter now. Um, he keeps asking and wondering why the Lord of Light keeps bringing Beric Dondarrion back because he's not special. And Beric says, you know, I don't know, but I ask myself every day. And the hound asks that the Lord of Light is so powerful, then why doesn't he just tell them what the fuck he wants them to do? Or why he wants them alive. And so Thoros calls him over to the fire and tells him to look in the flames. And the hound says, you know, it's just my luck that I would end up with a bunch of fire worshippers. Um, Beric says it seems like divine justice. So he goes over to the fire. Thoros says, you know, look into the flames. Tell me what you see. 
He says that he can only see fire. And, or, sorry, um, Thora says only the fire can tell us what we need to know. And the hound looks in the fire and he actually sees something. He says he sees a wall of ice. Um, the wall. where And he sees where the wall meets the sea. The, a castle there. Must be talking about Eastwatch by the sea where Tormund is going. And that he sees a mountain that looks like an arrowhead. The dead are marching past it. Thousands of them. And Beric asks if, if he believes them now. And it looks like he does. <laughs> so Thoris wakes up in the middle of the night. He hears somebody outside. He finds the hound digging graves for the father and the daughter. So Thoris figures out that he knew them somehow. That he had crossed paths with them. Um, and the hound even says something over their graves. Um, before um, after burying them. Then we go back to Old Town. Sam and Gilly are looking over the books. And Sam comes across a map of Dragonstone. And he sees that there is a mountain of dragon glass beneath the ground. And he said that Stannis mentioned it to him once. But he just didn't, you know, know it was important at the time. But now he knows that dragon glass is a very... Um, good weapon to have in this war so he says he must let john know and so he tries to send a message to john i'm assuming that message is going to go to the wall so dolores Ed is going to get it first and hopefully he can um somehow let john find that out pretty quickly so that maybe um somebody can go to dragonstone and let danny know and hopefully she and Tyrion will listen um to that advice and let them mine that dragon class at Dragonstone. Um, so the next day, Sam returns the books. He goes to um, pick up bowls from some, I think it seems like cells that are at the uh, Citadel. So I don't know if it's um, sick men or men that have done bad things, but he goes to the little hole to grab one pot and this man's hand shoots out and grabs for him. And we see that it has grace to Gale. and we hear a voice, uh, the voice of Jorah Mormont. And he has asked if she's come yet. Has she come yet? And Sam says, uh, who, who's, who are you asking if they've come? And he says, has Daenerys Stormborn come yet? Has the dragon king come? Has the dragon queen come? Is she here? Um, and Sam says, no, she's not. Um, so apparently Jorah went to the maesters to help. Uh, it's probably a good decision on his part. They probably are the only ones that can help him. It does look like his grayscale has grown. His hand did not look too good. Um, and, uh, Stannis's maester was actually the one who was somehow able to figure out how to stop the grayscale on Princess Shireen. So hopefully he shared that knowledge with the Citadel and hopefully they can help Jorah so that he can at least live long enough to see Danny conquer Westeros in some um, shape, form, or a fashion. And then what do we see um, next? But Danny is at Dragonstone. She is making her landing there. She gets off the boat and she feels the sand under her fingers. They open the gates and she is home. She removes the stag banner and she goes to the throne room. Um, she's looking at it. Grey Worm starts to follow her up there, but Missande holds him back and Tyrion and her stay back. They all give Danny a minute to um, take this all in. This is her ancestral 
family home that was taken from her. This is where she was born. This is where she left Westeros on the night that she was born. This is where her mother died. This is where her family has lived for thousands of years. This is in the country that she's always longed to be in and go to that she's heard about all of her life. Um, so it's a very um, good moment for Danny. So she walks into the room behind the throne and it's the room with the table um, that is carved, the carved table that is a map of Westeros. And Tyrion walks in and um, she looks at him and she says, shall we begin? And that is it. Then we cut to the credits. So that was uh, the first episode of season seven. Um, so... Uh, will Arya continue to go to King's Landing to kill the Queen? Will she kill Cersei? Uh, seems like she can do it. She knows what she's doing. Um, will this uh, Raven get to John? Will John learn that um, there is potentially this whole mountain of dragon glass at Dragonstone that they can mine to help them make weapons? Um, it, does Lyanna Mormont have a crush on him? Um, is Sansa going to stick with John or is she going to let Littlefinger manipulate himself or manipulate her into um, coming against him? And uh, how long before Bran can tell John that he is actually a Targaryen? Um, I just can't wait for that. That's going to be great. I want to see how that all plays out. And it looks like the Hound believes now. He has found some sort of proof that um, something is going on, something larger than themselves. And uh, so it seems like he's changed a little bit more. Um, he's changing more and more with all of these things happening to him. Um, so next week's episode is called Stormborn. And um, hopefully it will have a little more Danny in it. Um I would be excited to see a little more Danny personally. I was hoping it wouldn't take the whole episode for her to land on Dragonstone, but it did. Um, and that's fine, just as long as you give me more later on. So uh, we'll see what happens next week. Um, and like I said, just check back. Um, I could have a um, another podcast this week, probably shorter, just depending on um, if I think of anything else or I want to explain anything more or if I just hear any interesting things that I want to share. So I'll see you next time. If you have questions, comments, crazy theories, you can email me at gamesforthethrone at gmail.com. You can also like me on Facebook at Games for the Throne. And on Twitter, it's at Games for the Throne, but the four is actually the number four. You can also check out my Games for the Throne blog on 3cstudio.net. And that's where I'm going to be putting um, episodes of the podcast as well. There will be lots of news. Um, I've talked about different theories. You can go on there and see what all's on there. So I'll see you next time.